You're listening to the Women in Western podcast hosted by Christina Miller and Cheyenne Draves, a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello and happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. Uh, This one's going to be a really fun one, I think. So we're really excited about today's um, Q&As. You all had some really good questions. But um, before we get into the questions, we'll start out with the highlights of our week. So Cheyenne, go ahead and let everyone know what your highlight is. Yes, I'm so excited about this week. But like you said, starting it off So my highlight of this week, we are actually currently recording and I am in California right now. Um, That's where my family's from and I still have family here. And I, I think my highlight of the week is just being here and being with family here. When I'm here, it's always like super fast paced and like insane. I'm always doing something. I'm floating horses. I'm seeing family, but it's been so fun. And I think one of the biggest highlights, um, my cousin's fiance, I've talked about her before on the podcast. Her name's Lonica. Um, she just graduated nursing school on Saturday And we all knew that her graduation was coming up Saturday. We were super excited. And we had like a, we were going to go to her graduation and go to graduation dinner afterwards. And Thursday and Friday, she was just acting super weird and super like standoffish. And we're like, what is wrong with her? And she was talking about how much she needed to study for her test and, you know, coming up, but she wouldn't tell any of us when her test was. She just made it seem like it was like a week or two out. Turns out she took it on Friday without telling any of us. And then she announces at dinner when we were in at dinner after her graduation that she passed her test. So we were all at dinner screaming, hooting and hollering, so happy for her. So it was awesome to share in that like life-changing moment. I was so proud of her. Um, So that was like, I think one of the biggest highlights of the weekend was being able to share that moment with my family and with her. Um, But it's just been really fun. My daughter's been hanging out with her uncle, my brother, and we just had a good time. So that's the highlight of my week. Christina, what's the highlight of your week? Well, first of all, wow, that's so exciting that you got to be a part of that moment. And congratulations, um, Alani, too, on that accomplishment. That's amazing. Um, highlight of my week is going to seem really uh, kind of silly, I think, to some people. But I really enjoy um, cleaning my house. And this is weird because I don't think many people enjoy this. But this weekend, I like literally took apart my entire house, um, moved my fridge, like deep freeze, like everything and just deep cleaned everything. And I spent the entire day doing that. Um, and I just felt like so good when I finished doing that. It was a huge thing I wanted to get done. Um, and then I recently just got like rid of a bunch of stuff, which also makes me feel really good when I kind of like declutter my house. So, um, that was my highlight, very low key highlight for the week, but still nonetheless, it's something that I, um, enjoy doing every year. I think our listeners by now, if they don't know that you are a huge cleaning gal, then they've been missing something. (laughs) Yeah. At least at one point in my life, I did consider even opening a cleaning business. This is how much I like cleaning. So, Uh, but (laughs) on to more fun things. Um, We're really excited about all the questions y'all asked on socials. Um, So we'll kind of just dive on into those. 
I love it. Yeah, I'm going to start out. Thank you guys so much for providing us all of these questions on Instagram. We got like a big variety of questions. So it's a ton of different kinds of stuff. Um, so the first question is, what kind of things do you like to do outside of the Western world? So Christina, start us off. What do you like to do that's not Western related? <laughs> well, um, I really love... Um music. That's actually something that I learned to play a lot of different instruments in my kid days. And so I do still enjoy like really listening to different types of music, um, going to concerts, music venues, anything like that. And then also just playing. I still enjoy like playing the piano um, and taking some time out to just like relax and just discover like new things within music. So that's something that I enjoy outside of uh, the Western world. But how about you? Um, for me, it would have to be the outdoors. Um, I know that's kind of like <clears throat> ingrained with the Western world, but in a different way, like I have a huge passion for hiking. Like I absolutely love hiking. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, just being out in the mountains and doing things like that. I absolutely love it. And hunting, um, which also has to do with like being outdoors. Um, I wasn't a hunter until I met my husband and it's like his entire life. So he kind of got me into that world and for me, like, I know a lot of people see hunters and just think it's people that want to shoot animals and hang them on their wall. But to us, it's more of like a spiritual thing where we get to go provide meat for our family and, you know, be out in nature with God's creation and harvest our own meat. That's like organic, lean, really healthy meat. And we just have like a lot of value from being able to do that ourselves, as opposed to just going to the grocery store and buying some. It makes, um, meals more special to us when we can eat and say, yeah, this was mommy's harvest from, you know, last year. This was daddy's harvest from last year. And, you know, the, the trophies we have in the wall, all of the mounts, it's basically just like memories of those hunts. Cause every single hunt has a different, you know, special part about it. Like this is one I did when I was pregnant with my daughter, or this is one that we got to do. And Josephine came to dress out the, you know, dress out the antelope. So hunting is probably, um, my favorite thing to do outside of the Western world. Love it. Um, next question is how do y'all manage busy lifestyles? Ooh, this one's, this one's good. I'm going to start this one out. Um, so we had mentioned in our episode a couple weeks ago about books we had read and the one book, the one thing I think has helped me a lot with being super busy. Um, because if we want to eliminate like hustle culture and working like 24 seven, you have to make sure that you're going to be able to have time to just like decompress and stuff. So we really make sure to make like, well, at least I do. I really make sure to make productive hours, productive hours. Like if I'm in a productive mood, if I'm doing something, it's a hundred percent that I'm eliminating distractions. That thing is the priority then, and nothing else can get in the way of that. Um, and I think just making sure you're eliminating things that don't add value to your life or don't, you know, that aren't good for your lifestyle. Like, like for me, the biggest thing is I'm turning my phone off at seven thirty, eight o'clock and putting it on the charger in a different room. Like it's not conducive to a busy lifestyle for me to be sitting and scrolling on my phone after eight o'clock or, um, making sure I'm not the kind of person that's going to binge watch Netflix all day. Like, you know, I still have different ways I decompress, but I'm not going to waste time doing that kind of stuff. So, um, just making sure you're prioritizing the things that you're doing when you're doing them and just realizing that, 
another thing, I'm going off off on a tangent on this one, Christina. So sorry if I'm taking anything you're going to say, but a really big um, thing I learned this year is there's no such thing as true balance at all. If you're someone with a really busy lifestyle, like Christina and I, you're not going to thrive at everything. There's going to be some parts of your life in different seasons that kind of are on the back burner. So just realizing that no one has it all together. No one is truly balanced. And, you know, there are going to be different seasons where different things are kind of taking over, but you just got to power through and keep going, that kind of thing. Uh, What about you, Christina? Yeah. And just to touch on the balancing a little bit more, that was something that really stood out to me. And the one thing, um, the book that we both read was the, the, like, kind of debunking the myth that there is a balanced lifestyle. Like, there's a counterbalance in the seasons, like, you hustle for a season and then for the next couple of weeks you get to, you know, not be so crazy. But, um, for me managing busy lifestyles, I personally really love the morning routine. And if I don't wake up early, like everything is off and my whole day will be off. So that's just really key for me is just to wake up early, take that time to read and get my day planned out. Otherwise, um, you know, I'll just have kind of like mistakes or it'll be easy for me to get distracted from things that I said I was going to do because I'm already off in time for my whole day. So that's the biggest thing for me managing my busy life is to have a good schedule and go over it in the morning because stuff gets missed when you get busy. I 100% agree with making sure that you're having a morning routine when you're super busy because you might think like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm not going to want to get up in the morning, but just like an extra 15, 20 minutes to just sit down, drink your coffee and go over your day, having that planned out and stuff written down, that just eliminates so much guesswork and craziness for the day. And there's just so much value to just word dumping something pen to paper. There's so much value of just word dumping it out because when it's off your brain and goes on a paper, it makes more sense. A hundred percent. Um, and so our next question is what do you guys do when you feel a disconnect with God? I love this question. Yeah, this is a good one because I definitely feel this, um, a lot in the world. It's just really crazy right now. So it's definitely an easy feeling to have, but, um, my biggest thing when I'm feeling a disconnect is I kind of take a second to examine like where I'm at in life and like maybe the things that I'm doing that are causing me to feel a disconnect. Like maybe I'm not spending enough time in prayer or reading the Bible. Um, and then what I do a lot of the time too, is just, if I'm just feeling like completely lost or overwhelmed, or I just don't even know what to say in my prayers um, for the day is I'll pray for the desire to want to serve him more throughout the day and just ask God to like, you know, send his Holy Spirit to encourage me and help me take moments out of my day um, to be more peaceful and to want to spend that time with him because things do get crazy and life gets crazy and it's easy to put that off and try to get other things done. But uh, that's kind of how I handle that. Uh, How do you handle it, Shai? I mean, yeah, your, your relationship with God and with Jesus is like any relationship, I feel like, where you're going to have seasons where, you know, you kind of question things and, and it's sad. And I think what helps me when I feel a disconnect with God, I think as a Christian, you'd be lying if you didn't question things and questions God love for you and question God's goodness. I think, you know, some people are afraid to say it, but I think everyone as a Christian has struggled with that. And I think just realizing and coming to terms with the fact that whenever you feel that disconnect or when you're having thoughts like that, that is, that is the devil at play. That is Satan. And so 
that disconnect, like Satan wants nothing more than to come between you and God and make you question his love for you and question things and realizing that your disconnect, your feeling with God is not him. That's, you know, he wants anything but that, but realizing that that's just Satan at play. And he's at play a lot right now in our world and it's really sad and he gets the better of a lot of people right now. So just making sure that you're acknowledging the existence of evil and of Satan because, you know, that's, that's probably the biggest reason why I'd feel a disconnect. And that's, you know, realizing that that's, that helps me a lot, I would say. And that kind of leads us into our next one is where our testimonies for our faith. And this is something too, that we were thinking maybe like a whole nother episode on just because there, I feel like there's a lot that we could really say or like touch on on this subject. Yeah. Um, When someone asked this question, what are your testimonies? Me and Christina looked at this question and we were like, we could do an entire podcast on this. (laughs) And so it probably wouldn't be best to keep this episode on that. So yeah, we'll probably do a whole other episode. So we'll move on to our next question. What made you guys want to start a podcast? Well, start us off, Christina. Why don't you answer that one? Um, I feel like it was like a new avenue of or a new platform um, that I personally love listening to podcasts. And so like I was just really intrigued by the podcast platform um, and just being able to have like a more open conversation with people and share valuable information that way. So that was kind of um, why I was drawn to wanting to start a podcast. Uh, How about you, Cheyenne? Yeah. I mean, when you had come to me about it, you asked me during our goal setting session, we had a goal setting session for Dandy Lashes at the end of last year. And Christina was like, this is kind of crazy, but I kind of have a goal to start a podcast. And I had been thinking about it already. And I knew that you're kind of the person that I wanted to do it with anyway. Um, But the reason I wanted to was because I felt like I had a lot of value I could add to other people's lives. And I feel like so many other people that you and I knew, Christina, could add value to people's lives as well. There's people with stories that they couldn't tell on their Instagram. They have 15 seconds on their Instagram stories or like three minutes in a reel to relay content. And that's really hard with a platform like that. So I felt like podcasting was the kind of platform that people are listening to it. People like to put it on when they drive. People like to listen to it when they run. And it was a way that you and I could add value to other people's lives. And we've said this before in other episodes, but like you and I have these kind of conversations all the time. Like you're, you've always been the person since I've met you that I give a call and we talk about goals and we talk about faith and we talk about self-development and business and family, friends and that kind of stuff. And I felt like you and I were just like the perfect kind of people to just sit on a podcast and talk about this stuff and try to help other people. Cause you and I, at the end of the day, like we just want to add value to other people's lives. So being able to do this, I think that's why we, we gave it a go and gave it a start. Our next question. Um, and this one's definitely going to be a Cheyenne answer because I have lived just about everywhere, <laughs> but what was it like for you moving to a new state when you've only lived in one town? Um, kind of the highs and lows surrounding that. Right. So I think definitely the pros to doing that is, you know, I grew up, a lot of our listeners are from Santa Clarita where I grew up and, you know, I grew up in Southern California and I'm here right now, which is kind of funny that I'm recording here talking about this. Um, it's not a small town. My husband graduated with 60 people and this is not that kind of town. (laughs) Like I graduated with 700. Um, it's not a small town by any means, but it's a very close community. Like the thing about Santa Clarita is everyone knows everyone here. Like I've seen people I know all over. This town is huge, but I see people I know everywhere. It's just a small, it's just a, 
very tight knit community where everyone knows everyone. And, um, there was a lot of comfort in that. And I think there's a lot of comfort of being where you're familiar and being, you know, something like that. But at the same time, there's a lot of discomfort in that where you feel stuck and you feel like everyone else is here and everyone's doing this and everyone's doing this kind of thing. And I'm going to end up just like these people. And so the hot, the, you know, a, a reason to get out of a town that you've grown up in, I think you don't truly know who you are until you've kind of put those feelers out and, and tried to be someone new in a new town. I don't think you can explore yourself a hundred percent without going to be somewhere else. And I'm not saying pick up your entire life and, and move permanently, but I think it's so beneficial for anyone in their early twenties to just go live somewhere for a couple months in another state, like rent an Airbnb for three months if you can afford it and go work for a summer or do something like that. I'm such a big advocate for, you know, not only not needing to go to college right away, but if you do, like just go move somewhere and be somewhere for a little bit and experience who you are in that. Um, I think that's definitely the, one of the biggest things. And for me, you know, the culture here in Southern California is not the culture I want to live in. I don't want to live in a place where there's so much stress and anxiety about having to keep up with the Joneses kind of thing and, and just the kind of people that, you know, and, and I grew up with great people, but I just wasn't about this. So I think moving to a town that really vibes more with your vibe and I love the mountains. I love the outdoors. I love pine trees. So going to where I got, went was, you know, crucial for me to just grow as a person. Um, but one of the hardest parts about it was leaving family and, you know, it's hard because, you miss your family. You love your family. That's who you feel, you know, for the most part, people truly just feel who feel at home with their family. Um, and I'm lucky that my parents ended up did moving to where I am now, but I still have a ton of family here that I'm so close with. And that's definitely the hardest part of it is being away from them and missing major events. And thank God for airplanes. So I can fly back and be here for things like my brother and my, you know, brother's girlfriend's sheriff Academy graduation and be here for graduations and, and weddings and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's definitely hard being, being away from family, but I don't think you're doing yourself any good service by just staying where you're at when you feel an urge to go, you know, explore who you are in a different setting. So, um, you know, there are pros and cons to it. And I'm not going to say that if you feel like someone that needs to stay where you're at and you're happy where you're at. I'm not saying you need to leave, but I know there's a lot of people that just feel stuck where they're at and I encourage them to just kind of branch out and go find out who they are. You can always go back. Right. Um, but yeah, I highly encourage people that are feeling just a little inkling to get out from where they grew up. Even if it's for like, like I said, two months, go find a job at that place, rent an Airbnb and do it because especially in your early twenties, when you don't have any responsibility, that's the time to do it. Yes, absolutely. And being somebody who has traveled and lived in many, many places, there's nothing that I appreciate more than my experiences in every one of those random states, towns, all the places, the people. It's just really helped me as a person, and it's something that I've enjoyed so much. So I, too, am a big advocate for if you want to go check something new out, like, go do it. <laughs> And yeah, and it's, it doesn't make you any like less close with your family. Like if anything, you and I are two people with the strongest family values I know, and we're so close with our family, even though we live, you know, thousands of miles away from them. We're always seeing each other, always FaceTiming, always doing stuff. 
Yes, exactly. Like you said, thank goodness for plane tickets. Yes, and FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, our next question, I really like this question. Um, do you ever have the afternoon slump where you can't keep your eyelids opening, struggling? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what about you, Christina? Start us off. Yes, I absolutely experience that some days. Um, I think at that point, that's where I'm really addressing like, my nutrition habits and sleeping habits. Like, am I spending too much time like scrolling? Am I not drinking enough water? You're not getting enough protein? Um, Cause at that point it's like, for me, it's a health thing. So I'm really taking a look at my exercise, nutrition, and what I'm doing um, day to day and maybe why I might be experiencing those things um, and maybe just overload. And if I'm overloaded, I'll just take a little bit of break and go do something for myself. Um, another method that I have tried is to get up and do some jumping jacks because if you're feeling tired, um, move your body. I love that. Um, I think I'm in the same boat. I, I can tell when my nutrition is not a hundred percent that afternoons are really hard for me and I feel like I want to take a nap. Um, I've actually had people like DM me on Instagram though. Like when I've like posted a story about Josephine napping in the afternoon, like, okay, like time to go do this. And someone will DM me be like, don't you want to take a nap while she's napping? And I'm like, you know what? I didn't really think about that because I haven't felt like it lately. So I think having your health, um, be a priority with eating right. And like you said, getting enough protein and getting enough sleep is ideal to not hit that. But when I used to hit that, because I used to hit that hard. And when you're self-employed, it's like very difficult because morning hours are always more productive. Like morning hours have been proven to be the most productive. So I think that kind of like rolls back though into the one thing. So making sure that your mornings are, you know, when you're feeling your most productive, you are being your most productive. So morning time, when you are feeling productive, like do it, do it, hit it, hit it. Um, and if you are a person that you feel like, well, afternoons, I kind of like to be slow, you know, my nutrition's on point. I feel good. Like I just kind of slow down in the afternoons. Um, then you can probably, like you said, um, Christina, schedule in a little bit of time, like a half an hour break of like being able to do this. Um, but I think, feeling super sleepy to where you just feel like you need an afternoon nap every single day, you need to make sure you're getting at least seven hours of sleep a night. And I don't care how you get it, but you need to get it. You need to get off your phones and stop scrolling. You need to make sure that, you know, you have lunches packed earlier in the day for the next day. Um, laundry can wait another day. You need to make sure that you are getting seven hours of sleep because adequate sleep at nighttime is a hundred percent going to make you feel better throughout the day. Um, and then when I'm feeling like absolutely tired though, and I feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to need a nap, but I can't nap. I have so much to do. Um, I'll either drink an Alani new energy drink in the mid afternoon. That's kind of been like a go-to for me, even though I feel like caffeine <laughs> doesn't hit me as hard as it used to. Um, I feel like one of those will uh, lift me up a little bit. Or I'll take um, Spark from Advocare. I really like those. I got mine from Shea Harrington. Um, and I'll put those in a water bottle, get some get some afternoon helpies. So I think that's the best way to make sure that you're not hitting that every single day because that's not normal. Our next question, um, this is an interesting one. How do you keep your marriage spicy? Cheyenne, Ooh. how do you keep your marriage spicy? You know, I love this question a lot. And I feel like we're going to get a little risque on the pod and expose a lot. Um, but, you know, like, I'm going to say sex and intimacy in your marriage is so important. Like, if you ain't having the best time of your life with your husband, you need to make sure you turn that around. There's a reason that you fell in love with this person. 
times get hard. You have kids, you know, there's going to be times where you don't feel your best self, but you two should love each other, you know, and the Bible tells us that sex is a good thing and intimacy is a good thing. So it's, you know, a beautiful thing between a husband and wife, but how to keep it spicy. All I'm going to say is this, and you can do with this information what you will. Are there are certain things, and I should say, there are certain items that sometimes women use on their own that boys will find intimidating to use when you're trying to keep your marriage spicy, but men will want you to use them together. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> what about you, Christina? So something that's really fun and special for us to do is we like to go on dates a lot, like really, truly like date each other. So um, I'll get dressed up. We'll go to a fancy restaurant, like take lots of photos. And my husband has always had like the absolute best chivalry and he will open the door for me. So just going on dates with him, just him and me is something really special. And um, that is just always been like so important. And I feel like that's where we have the best conversations too. And we just enjoy spending time with each other. So dating my husband, <laughs> that's my favorite. I love that. I feel like you guys have always um, gone on dates and been like so cute about that. Like I love that so much. And one thing I have always um, thought about, and I've told my husband this, I'm like, one night, you know what, we should just drive separate and show up to the bar like we've never met and just hang out and act like, you know, we did when we first met. And it'd be so funny. It'd be hysterical. But just be like, hey, this guy's cute. I'm gonna go talk to him. <laughs> um, and so for our next question, um, asking what the best relationship advice we have is. I like that. Christina, what's your best relationship advice for another couple? Oh man, that's tough because that's kind of like my answer for the other one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah, really truly like just spending that quality time with my husband where he's listening to me and I'm listening to him and communicating with each other. I think in the past I was not particularly like not in just my marriage or relationships, but like in general, great at communication. So that's been something that's been really big for me in my relationship too. Is just um saying things <laughs> and not keeping them to myself because I'm notorious for keeping them in and then they just blow up. So definitely communication and just hanging out with your person and being with them um, and really just talking and sharing. But how about you? What's your advice? One of the, one of my favorite sayings about relationships and marriage is choose wisely and treat kindly. And I think that can be used for any aspect of any relationship. So when you're in the dating phases, especially early dating, you need to make sure you're choosing wisely. You're choosing a partner wisely. Because I don't think women are picky enough when they're dating, especially this day and age. You know, they kind of think like, oh, well, he's like, we have fun and he's funny. But, you know, he kind of gets a little loud when we drink and, and kind of raises his voice at me. But, you know, that's fine because he's funny and we get along great. Or, you know, he's not great with his money, he gambles a little bit, but, you know, we love each other so much and he's so sweet. Like, you need to make sure you're choosing wisely for your future self and making sure that you're choosing a man that you know is going to be the best kind of husband for you. Because a lot of, a lot of women skip this step and it makes the second step harder. So choosing wisely is the first step. You cannot get married to someone unless you are 100% confident, you know that person's character, and they have an amazing heart. You cannot marry someone unless they have that criteria that you want. Um, and after you choose wisely, you can't do the second part 
appropriately if you didn't choose wisely. So you need to choose wisely and treat kindly. After you've choosed the correct man, you need to make sure that you're choosing or that you're treating him kindly all the time. Because here's the thing, in a marriage, in a relationship, people are going to go through ebbs and flows where one person's up and one person's down and the person that's up kind of has to help that other person up. And then that person's going to get up and that other person might get down at some point and need that person. So, so as a spouse, we're just called to treat kindly to our spouse. And even in the you know, seasons of their life that is a little hard and they're kind of being a little snippy because their job's being hard. Because here's the thing, it's really easy to treat kindly if you've chosen wisely. If you know that person's heart, if you know that person's, you know, a good person, a good human, you don't resent anything about them. If you've chosen wisely, treating kindly when they're having a hard day is not, is not a, you know, something that's rough. So I think that's my biggest piece of advice is choose wisely, treat kindly. If your husband's pissing you off because he's doing X, Y, and Z, just try to treat him with a little more kindness. Maybe he just needs a little more patience, open up to him, that kind of thing. And if you're in the early stages of a relationship, make sure you're choosing that person wisely. Do not be afraid to break up with them. It's, even if you've been together for two years and you've talked about marriage, it's better to break up now than when you have three kids down the road and you have resentment towards them. Next question is, what are our views on uh, the English writing dis discipline, the hunter-jumper kind of world? Do you want to go first, Shai? Yeah, I would love to. Um, here's my <laughs> view on them. Queens. I'm obsessed with the English world. Um, I have always been obsessed with, like, the fashion around, like, English and jumpers and hunters. Like, I – your girl would love to be wearing, like, breeches and tall boots and a cute quarter zip. Like, I feel like the fashion around it is so cute. It definitely requires the level of horsemanship that is way different than what I have. Like, mad respect. I have huge respect for people in the English and hunter-jumper world. It's a lot different, and I think that, um, you know, I have a lot of respect, and I take a lot of viewpoints from that. I – you know, the first time I ever rode a horse was in an English saddle. So um, I did do a little bit of English. I jumped a little bit growing up. Um, but I think from both disciplines, um, you know, if you're more in the Western world, I think you can take a ton from English writers, but I think a lot of English writers could take a ton from, from Western writers as well. What about you, Christina? What are your views on it? I don't really know that much about it, <laughs> to be completely honest. Like, I love it, and I've always considered, like, switching <laughs> over to riding that discipline or those disciplines um, instead because I really like thoroughbreds, and um, I've always been fascinated by dressage, too. So I would love to learn more about it, honestly, and um, I started out riding um saddle seat so I guess I shouldn't say I know nothing about it but um back then when I was just taking lessons I really did know nothing as a child but um yeah it's it seems like like a really fascinating kind of other world right <laughs> so. it's just kind of like this thing that we look at and we're like ooh, pretty like I don't really know a lot about it yeah no I love watching it but as far as like how points are scored and all those different things I really don't know like I don't know what yeah. I'm looking for at all I just know it looks so badass so it's so different and like just the way the horses are built the way the horses move like my favorite video ever is the video of um the rainer riding the jumping horse and jumping him around and then that English rider gets on a cutting or a reining horse it's like insane it's insane yes I love that video um, so our next question is, what is a career you wanted for a long time, then after years realized you did not want it? Ooh, this is a good one. Christina, what do you think? Um, I think 
I was really stuck on being in the dental field for quite some time. Um, I always loved going to the dentist, actually, like literally obsessed with going to the dentist. I love getting my teeth cleaned. Um, and so I was really wanting to get into that field. I went to dental assisting school. I did that for a little bit. I just wasn't in love with it after that. And I absolutely switched fields. <laughs> How about you, Cheyenne? I remember when you were into dental hygiene, it was like right when I met you. And you know what? Here's the thing. Before I say mine, there's like literally no shame in changing what the heck you're going to do with your life. Like no shame. Like if you're questioning it, life's too short to stay in the same thing that you want to do. Like if you're questioning it, get the hell out <laughs> and try something new because life is too short to spend doing what you don't want to do. Oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> right. And so for me, I talked a lot about this in our um, Get to Know Me episode, but I personally wanted to be a veterinarian for a long time. And it was after I went to equine dental school. I just thought being a veterinarian would make my job as an equine dental technician easier. So that was a huge passion of mine. And I remember I called my grandma and told her one night, I'm going to be a vet one day. That's what I'm going to do. And coming from someone who didn't have a college degree, didn't know, you know, didn't have great grades the last year of high school because I kind of, you know, slacked off. Um, that was a big thing to try to do. So being able to say like, I'm going to be a vet. I paid a bunch of money and took a bunch of prerequisites to go, um, you know, two and a half years worth of prerequisites to apply for vet school. And I applied for vet school three times. And that application process is a year long. You have to pay $300 to apply. It's the application process itself takes months because you're just working on this application for months on end. Um, it took up a lot of my life and it was a thing that I wanted to do for a while was be a veterinarian. And I realized after the third time I applied that that wasn't in God's plan for me. And the journey of going through that was important for my growth, but actually reaching that goal was not important. So um, going through that journey, though, of trying to become a vet was very beneficial. And it made me realize a lot about goal setting because at the end of the day, like, yeah, I didn't I didn't get accepted into school um, the three times I applied, but I went from having like no formal education other than high school to being able to apply to one of the top vet schools in the country and have a qualified application three times in a row. Like that was a pretty cool accomplishment. So that was a career that I wanted for a long time and then didn't realize I wanted. Okay, last question. Since you have and ride horses, what are some of your goals with them or have you already met them? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, I think as a horsewoman, I don't think that you should ever be content like right where you're at with with your horses. Like if you're kind of content where you're at and don't have new goals, like you're not very competitive. <laughs> not competitive, but you're just you're just not wanting to grow anymore. And that's that's kind of sad to me. So I think as a horsewoman, you should always be wanting to grow. Um, I have met some goals as a horse owner, as a horse lady. Um, I've started my own colt, which is something that I wanted to do. Um, it wasn't 100% on my own. My husband helped a ton. Um, but I did start my own horse and put the first ride on him and, and do a lot of the foundational stuff, which was a big goal of mine. Um, I've ridden flags for a lot of cool rodeos, and I want to continue doing that at the Greeley Stampede like I do every year. Um, but I have a lot of things that I want to try, and I feel like I'm in the perfect position in my life. I'm not committed to one sport right now. Like, I tried the mounted shooting thing. I kind of want to get into that a little bit more. Um, there's a lot of other things I want to try. I'd love to learn how to break away rope. Um, I feel like that'd be really fun to do. 
Um, I would love to go do a ranch rodeo. I feel like that'd be so fun. There's a lot of stuff that I'd like to learn and do. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for more fun stuff. I feel like once I find something that's like 100% my niche, I might in my, you know, um, in a few years get a little more competitive about one thing. But I feel like right now I'm in a season of my life where I just want to try a bunch of things and do a bunch of things because I have a horse right now that is um, really, really versatile and can do a ton. So I think now's my season to not get super competitive and win any shows or buckles or anything with anything crazy, but just to um, expand my horsemanship and, and learn a ton from different people. So what about you, Christina? What are some of your goals or have you already met any crazy goals? What's that? Considering I don't own a horse right now, my horse goal would probably be to get another horse sometime soon that I um, kind of fit with. But Love to be a team roper someday. I have many, many goals. It would take a long time for me to list them all off, but um, really passionate about horses and the horse world. And so I'm excited to eventually find um, another horse. But for right now, I'm kind of just taking a little bit of a hiatus. Love it. And that one's going to come your way, the right one at the right time. Yes. Um, I have loved all of these questions. That was a really good one to end on. And I'm so thankful for this podcast. Also, really quick, before we sign off on this podcast, Christina and I just, as we're recording this, recording this podcast, got a message from a listener. Did you get this, this message, Christina? Have you peeked at it? I just opened my phone. We literally just got a message from a listener, and she says, I don't know either of you personally, but I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. The podcast has inspired me in so many ways, and I literally stumbled across it accidentally. Oh my gosh, is that not the sweetest message ever? That is the sweetest, and that's awesome. And that's why we're sharing these, because like we're just two regular gals that are out there with goals, and we're just kind of working through our lives right now. And so if somebody else can benefit from just relating with maybe some of our struggles or like weird things that I enjoy, like cleaning my house and that's my highlight, <laughs> um, we're happy to share it. We That's why we're doing this. So. Right. And if you guys love the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and rate it. I know we ask this every single week, but it seriously does help our ratings and gets more people listening to the pod. And we would really appreciate it if you just gave us five stars and wrote just, you know, a quick review of what you think of the podcast. It would mean a lot um, to Christina and I. Yes, it absolutely would. So thank you all so much. We enjoyed hanging out with you today and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.